Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoover Hour. Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Love, Cliffflow.com in Phoenix, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Reverend James of Philconjure.com in North Carolina, and Conjureman of ConjuremanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a very special guest, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, bringing us today's topic of the festival book, Voodoo Dolls and Effigies. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the great spiritual voodooists of our time. You can learn on just a lot you can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-host, Conjureman Reverend James. Conjureman? Thanks, Clifford, for that lovely introduction. Uh, it's been a while since we've chatted, so nice to virtually chat with you again. Uh, welcome all of you to a very, very special uh, Root Work Hour. We don't often get the chance to change our hats. Kat and I are the co-hosts, and we always fulfill our roles dutifully. But every once in a while, we have those rare opportunities where either myself or Ms. Kat take off our co-host hat and become the guest. So those are, this is one of those rare opportunities, and we're very, very excited to talk to Ms. Cat. We've had her on before as a guest, particularly when she's releasing a really cool new book, and that's what we will be doing today. We'll be talking about her exciting book, but before we introduce Ms. Cat as our guest, let's just, uh, you know, introduce each other, say hello, uh, chat up for a bit, and catch up. We are coming down to the wire for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's quite literally in a few days. Um, I know that there's still some openings left for people who are interested. Definitely check it out. Uh, Hoodoo Fest, uh, I think it's HoodooHeritageFestival.com. Um, but also .org, I think, also goes there as well. So HoodooHeritageFestival.com, you can get your tickets there. It's an amazing opportunity to meet digitally and virtually the kind of best and the greatest Hoodoo teachers and practitioners, readers and root workers around the world who will gather together for a weekend of fellowship, a weekend of teaching, a weekend of learning. Uh, all sorts of varieties of workshops are being presented. I know Clifford is teaching a workshop on lodestones. We have workshops on, uh, uh, for example, I'm doing my famous three-part spell, which I presented on, on the radio show frequently, but I'll be teaching you the secrets of how to design it yourself. We have uh, panel workshops on crossroads. We have the presentation of whole new books, one of which we'll be talking about today. So it is an amazing, amazing opportunity. Be sure to check it out. Uh, the festival also offers an opportunity for you to get readings. You get live readings with people uh, via Zoom. 
Uh, Deacon Millet is our wonderful reading wrangler. He will run the digital reading tent. Uh, you can get tarot readings, astrology readings, all sorts of different readings, uh, pendulum scrying, etc., with your favorite readers. So very excited to see all the people who will be joining us in a few days, uh, and hopefully the rest of you can make it as well. These are really fantastic opportunities. Um, and since COVID has started, they've moved digitally, which has made them even more accessible. So you're not having to fly or travel or risk any sort of health issues, uh, but instead can tune in from the comfort of own home and everything is kind of coming down to the wall everyone is like putting together things last minute everyone's ready and excited so the energy is is pumped up and i think the vast majority of the updates are really focused on just finalizing the the last details of the workshop i know on my end i'm ready to go i'm prepared i've got my workshop stuff all done Looking forward to the uh, Q&A and also from, to learn from uh, everyone else. The only other, other update I have on my end is I've opened up my reading books uh, for September. I did it a few days ago. They're mostly booked up. I only have a couple more slots left for September. These are kind of the first readings that become available all summer long. I was booked all summer. So if you're interested in a, in a reading with me, you can uh, find it. You can find my scheduler on my website and uh, uh, opened for September. Now let's check in with our wonderful guest co-host, filling in some very big shoes, but quickly becoming a fan favorite, Reverend James. Welcome, welcome. Glad you could join us once more. How are you and what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, thank you, Conjure Man. Uh, things are doing Going quite well. Uh, like you said, things are getting to the wire, getting a little anxious about the festival. It's, it's very exciting. Um, luckily mm -hmm. today, with it being a bit dreary in weather here in the North Carolina mountains, um, I was able to go through my goodie box, which um, are still available if you get your tickets now. Um, you can order them by tomorrow night at midnight is a good safe date to order to make sure that you get your box for the festival. And I've been able to go through uh, Miss Cat's uh, Hoodoo Dolls and Effigies book today from cover to cover. It was a fascinating read. I could not put it down. Yeah, what a cool, cool book. I'm very much excited to, to talk about it. Miss Cat always outdoes herself. Every time she puts out a book, we're like, oh, my God, this is the best. This is great. And then another one comes out, and she talks. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward. I don't think I've ever uh, met you uh, before, so this might be our first festival where we meet each other, at least digitally, via computer screen. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, let's bring in our wonderful uh, guest, our former co-host who is now a guest, Miss Kat. Welcome, welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you for taking off your host hat and joining us as a guest to talk about this really exciting new book. Before we actually talk about that, let's check in. Do you have any updates? You're right in the thick of it with all the festival organizing. So any updates on your end before we start talking about your book? Well, uh, thanks for having me as a guest. It's always nice to be on a radio show. Um, things here are uh, back on simmer, I guess, um, as a hmm. As Reverend James mentioned, a little anxiety, performance anxiety, that's what we got right now. But everybody has done their parts so well. Um, Papa G, um, John St. Germain, James, you, Heidi, Michael, Angela, 
I could go on. Uh, Deb Voice, there's just so many people who've been a part of this mm-hmm. who have been working so hard to make their presentations. Jeremy, I just, I mean, I will leave out a name if I keep on going. And But there are 14 of them, and I know I didn't say 14 people. But um, everyone has really um, put put themselves into it. These are video workshops that you will be able to purchase now and replay at any time. Plus, you get a goodie box. So just to go into um, advertising mode here for a moment, the cost is $300 for 10 one-hour workshops. That's a 45-minute mm-hmm. presentation and a 15-minute Q&A live with the presenter. And you get a goodie box worth uh, more than $100. So in the end, you're paying um, $30 each and getting uh, $10 worth of materials as a kickback for 10 of the most amazing workshops with 14 presenters. Uh, it can't be beat, and you will have access to play them back at any time. If you didn't buy your tickets, do it now. Um, so that's what's new here, just trying to get people to get it. What are they getting for all that money? They're not getting a bunch of people just sitting around on a couch talking about how fun it is to be sitting on a couch talking about how fun it is. No, these are really put-together documentaries edited and and timed to the minute by Papa G. Really great stuff. It's a great value. And um, we have um, a plan to um, present these as um, buyables at a later time. But, um, but you won't be part of the live event if you don't buy them now. But we are thinking about how we are going to present these festival workshops to the people in the future. hasn't happened yet. It may not happen for the next six months. But for those who've been asking, do I have to do it now? Buy it now. You'll still have access to it later. Okay, that was my, um, that's what I'm doing, just thinking about ways to convince people to go out and get their tickets. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, and, these are, you don't want to miss out on these. Yeah, and the other thing that's happening around here is that, that uh a new fissure has opened up in Iceland. I'm back to volcano watching. If you want to hang out with me, I'm at the AFAR, A-F-A-R, AFAR TV channel, either Cam A or Cam B. Um, I, I jump back and forth between them. It's been a lot of fun finding friends who actually sought me out. Last time we had the uh, volcano at La Palma, they were like, Cat, you're really here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really here. <laughs> so um, I keep it running uh, 24-7. I may not be awake 24-7, but if you want to hang out with me, come to the FR TV channel for the Iceland Volcano 2022 Right now, Cam A is stuck. Cam B is running great. It's fantastic. And um, I know, just a shout-out to my friends from Volcano Land, or Lava Land, <laughs> I, as we call it. I actually you saw might definitely see me lava. there because oh. I, I love watching different, uh, you know, uh, environmental things happen and how, how, how nature works. It's very fascinating. Yeah, I actually great. saw a volcano video the other day uh, with volcano and lightning, and I thought of you. I'm like, I should send this to Cat. 
<laughs> well, after La Palma, after La Palma shut down, like all of us went into this kind of withdrawal. Like, should we just look at old videos? You know, now, now we had to wait, and and it's all back. And Guten Tag is back, and Guten Tag is a drone um, videographer and just a talk talking videographer and a hiker, and he's from Iceland, and he had actually flown to La Palma to film there with his drones, And but Iceland is his home territory, so he's hiking the, the hills and complaining every step of the way, and I love him. Guten Tag, great channel, and um, yeah, so it's a whole little world. It's like, um, it, you know, if you ever wonder what people are doing in their other lives, for me, watching volcanoes is part of what I do. <laughs> so. Well, you know, watching natural phenomenon, and surprisingly, volcanoes go off more than people realize. In a few mm-hmm. months, you've got a little bit of a volcano activity. So, now, very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Uh, maybe we'll join you in Volcano Watch. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about uh, your, the, a really exciting new book that is coming out, because it is uh, another one of those what we're going to call a hoodoo bible, <laughs> one of those books that is going <laughs> to become a go-to where people are going to turn to as a reference. It's going to be their starting point. It's going to be their end point. Uh, having gone through the content, uh, this is one of those books that is both for advanced practitioners, professionals, but also people who are just getting started. People who are just getting started and want to know how to work with dolls and effigies, who do dolls and effigies by Miss Cat, how to work in a traditional down-home style, but also the breadth of work, the, uh, the diversity of work, the diversity of approaches. You have, a very, you have a fantastic way of consolidating, synthesizing, and going, this is the core of the tradition. This is what people did. This is what they do. But here's also these, all these different varieties, all the different flavors that you can find as well. Some people did a little bit of this, and some people did a little bit of that. Tell us a little bit about what people can expect when they open up the book. How have you organized the book? What are the sort of main things that you wanted to hit when you were this book? And what it is you want people to learn when they're reading through Who Do You Dolls? Well, uh, this is one of my books that goes to the methodology section of your library. I've often said that I publish and write books that fall into different categories. One category is conditions, so books on cleansing or healing or books on cursing or books on protection or whatever. Those are conditions. And I also publish books on divination, numerology and crystal gazing and so forth. I also publish books on worldwide folklore and classical old occult texts that are in the public domain that I will edit and revise and bring up to date. But the methodology books are the ones that I find the most appealing to me because they deal with the moving parts of any given system of folk magic. And since the subject here is hoodoo, Mm. we have um, a look at how dolls are used in hoodoo, but also with reference to around the world. So I wrote other methodology books like um, Paper in My Shoe, which is about petition papers and name papers. And I wrote one on... uh, the Art of Making Mojos, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. These are methodology books. Oh, Bottle Up and Go is another very popular mm-hmm. book. These methodology books are the core of learning a system of knowledge 
because methodology is what makes the system uniquely what it is. In other words, if you were to look at the methodology of indigenous um, Great Basin Native traditions, it would have a different methodology. It would be different. There would be different things that were done. The conditions in life might be the same, but the methodologies would be different. So this book, Hooded Dolls and Effigies, has been a long time coming. I I have shied away from doing it for a while. Uh, I kept on hoping one of my friends and colleagues would just you know write it and I could publish it, <laughs> but it didn't happen, so here it is. And I have done my best. And as usual, it does have call-outs to the use of dolls and effigies in other cultures because I want mm-hmm. to show that there is um, a sort of a universality to the making of effigies. But the real deep dive is on dolls in hoodoo. So if you know me, that means looking up historical material and also consulting my own memory of what I've been taught and also devising a few spells of my own because I've been practicing this for 50 years. I think I have a chance to write a few good spells. So uh, the first quarter of the book approximately is about crafting dolls. And this is where we get into the idea of what what is a doll made out of. Now, in hoodoo, there are dolls made of just about everything. In some other cultures, there may be other styles that are more popular. But because hoodoo has gone from a rural practice to an urban practice, it has literally gone all the way from dolls made of wrapped-up feathers or corn husks or clay to plastic baby dolls from the dime store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to talk about these dolls in this first section. I talk about the dolls and what they are best suited for. For instance, if you're making a doll of um, clay, is it going to be fired or not? If it's not fired, it's sort of more like a mud doll. And if you throw it in water, it'll dissolve and dissipate and disappear. And that may be a hint to a kind of spell you might want to do. Or you might throw it in a river and it will slowly dissolve as it goes downstream. So what a doll is made of can be important to how the doll is used. If a doll is made of paper, you might want to burn it. Or if if a doll is made of rope or twine, you might want to uh, give it a little packet to carry because you can't stuff it. It's made of rope or twine. If it's made of uh, twigs or sticks, you might wrap it in cloth. Um, and what you put in the wrapping will, of course, be essential to performing the spell, whether it's for love or hatred or protection or what it may be. But there's also in Hoodoo a lot of work with what I call a urban artifacts, a loaded statuary. You can go down and buy a little statue, a mm-hmm. statuette, a figurine of a child or a mother or father or a family. And usually if they're made of porcelain or ceramic of some sort, they'll be hollow and they will be able to be stuffed and loaded. If they're made of resin, cold cast resin, you might have to um, put something under them or drill a little hole or give them a little bag to carry. Um, you can use candles figural candles as dolls and many people do and cannot sew or sculpt you can buy a doll from any one of a number of companies where cloth dolls are made uh, flannel dolls felt dolls and so forth and you can have them custom stuffed for your purpose so that's what the first quarter of the book is about 
That's fantastic. I mean, you can see the, the complexity, the diversity of all these different uh, approaches to doll babies. Now, most people probably don't. Doll babies are, are one of the most popular forms of root work that's requested. So you can see popularity, and I do this, by looking at the Lucky Mojo Forum, seeing what people are asking about. And they kind of fall into three categories. Honey jars, without a doubt, are the most popular. Everybody is looking to do some type of honey jar work, whether doing it for love, reconciliation, money, etc. Candle work, obviously, is the top. And then doll babies. These are the sort of three, top three things. And there's sort of a ranking, particularly people who have been doing love work for a little bit. They may start with something like a honey jar or a candle spell, but eventually they move towards doll babies. So this is an extraordinarily popular uh, form of conjuring root work, but also one that people, I think, struggle with in terms of methodology. I mean, the, the forum is filled with questions of, well, what can I make it? What are some materials that I can make doll babies out of? And so maybe you could speak a little bit. You talked about porcelain dolls. You talked about uh, a variety of different stores. But can you talk about one material that you found surprising that people make doll babies out of or that people might not be aware of? Oh, you can make doll babies out of this? Oh, we've got plastic. We've got ceramic. We've got cloth. You mentioned clay. You mentioned wax. But what is one material that you came across in your research uh, that people make doll babies out of that most of our listeners would be surprised by? I I have a, an absolutely positive answer to that. When I was mm. young, all references to what I would call a rural-style dolls made of twigs or feathers or hair were, mm. you, you know, I heard about them, and people would say, yeah, yeah, if you can get someone's hair out of their hairbrush, you know, and you can wrap it and wrap it and wrap it up and then tie it and you make a little doll out of it. And I'm going, how are they doing this? Were they using sewing thread? And, you know, yeah, yeah, sewing thread, and you make little arms, you know, out of hair. And I'm like, wow, I've never seen one. And I think that in the upswing of crafting, the idea that crafting has become a huge hobby, uh, regardless mm. of its use in magic, that I'm most surprised um, when working on this book, I asked friends of mine to, to give me a doll, make a doll for me. And um, I was surprised that they were so many of them were rural-style dolls, twig dolls, cornhusk doll. Reverend James sent me a beautiful cornhusk um, doll. In, back when we did the uh, festivals a few years ago, um, I showed how to make a wax doll to put in, uh, you know, in the when we did the book Bottle Up and Go. And Bottle Up and Go talks about dolls briefly and also about mojo bags briefly. But I did a whole other book on mojos, and this is a book on dolls. But dolls and mojos, people sometimes get confused because they think cloth outside. But what's mm. really happened is a renaissance of twig dolls, hair dolls, um, feather dolls. This has been really interesting to, to, for me to see, and I'm very happy to see it because it is bringing back something that was drifting away with ur- urban life, and now it's definitely on the upswing. And big shout out to Heidi Holton for an incredible twig doll. You'll see it when you see my workshop. Amazing work by her. Oh, that is really cool. Fantastic. Let's make sure we get Reverend James in here since we mentioned his his really awesome uh, rural doll and see what questions he has in regards to your book. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for for the shout out though, Miss Cat, uh, about the doll. I'm glad you you liked it. Um, I, I did kind of want to uh, highlight something that was in the chat. Uh, Doctor Sweets asked, um, "What to do about a doll once you've activated it or or breathed life into it? Um, what happens if you accidentally break the leg off of the doll unintentionally?" And I think this may be a question that a lot of people may have, like what if you do something to a doll that you didn't mean to do or you do something to a doll and then maybe later on you regret what you did. Uh, Ms. Cat does cover that on page 42 in a little story about uh, can a love doll be used for anger. So I, I highly recommend everybody check that out whenever you get the book. It's a very interesting way to go about uh, cleansing yourself and cleansing the doll. Um, as far as questions that I, I actually, uh, Ms. Kat, could you speak more a little bit about that? Um, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, you know, that's you just hit into the second quarter of the book. The second quarter of the book is called Working with Your Doll, How to Speak to a Doll, How to Feed It, How to Pierce or Stab It, How to Drown It, Tie It, Bind It, How to Put It to Sleep how to deploy it, dispose of it, unmake mm. it, how to undo an oops doll disposal when you d- improperly disposed of a doll, and how to kill a doll you didn't make. And then there's a whole section called Your Doll Baby Questions Answered. And this is where <laughs> a lot of, um, really, I would call people newcomers to doll magic have asked these questions on the Lucky Mojo forum. And I end up quoting uh, Contraband a couple of times, too, because he answered people. Um, But the questions, I know we can kind of, uh, you know, go over them, but how to kill a doll baby that you didn't make. In other words, somebody made Mm -hmm. a doll and now, ah, you don't, it's evil, evil. What do you do with it, right? Um, How to unmake a doll, how to undo an oops doll disposal. Um, There are other questions like, um, can I have sex with my love doll? You know, should I talk to my doll or order it to obey? And um, how do I keep a doll baby alive? These questions are not embarrassingly stupid questions. These are basic questions, and so I decided to answer them in terms of um, some of the questions that I received. Um, Can I reuse a doll? You know, I I made a beautiful doll, and it was so pretty, and I want to rename it for my new boyfriend. Can I do that, right? I had a really cool mojo bag. Can I just, like, paint a face on it, now it's a doll? <laughs> these are these are right. really um uh, common questions you know can i cut a doll open and add more stuff you know and the the questions are practical uh and the answers are practical they are not rule bound answers because it depends on what you're doing what kind of a doll you're using i mean when i cut a doll open presumes that you've made a stuffed doll Right? So we, we have to kind of go back to basics in dealing with this. And so this is about one-fourth of the book. And um, the can a love doll be used for anger question? Um, and then um, because the person asked, well, I made, a, I made a red love doll, and now I hate him. And now I cursed him using that red love doll, and he got sick. And now how could that be because it was a red love doll? And the answer is, no, you commanded the doll. It doesn't matter whether the... She asked, should I have made a black doll to curse him? No, you cursed the guy with the doll you made. The doll was the connection, not the color, right? So some of these are very Mm. practical answers to questions that people have. Another one that I get this question often, frequently, can a doll I made try to control me? And 
uh, of course, this is, you know, sort of a horror movie plot that people inflict upon mm-hmm. themselves. Um, and the answer is no, you're in control. It's your doll. You can do what you want to with it. I mean, it's like asking, can my mind destroy my mind? I don't think so. And then, but then there's another one related to it. Can a gift or souvenir doll turn evil? So everyone goes, well, she said the doll baby can't control me, so maybe that she's going to say, no, the gift doll cannot turn evil. Oh, on the contrary, the gift doll can turn evil. Because oh, yeah. it's, it's the other mm-hmm. person who made that doll. The yes, other person yes. made it, and they're controlling it, not you. So that one story you told about the woman and the and the fire, oh, that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. In the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. You don't know um until you really start thinking about dolls how how they function in magic. It's mm-hmm. not just I'm gonna make a doll mm-hmm. and stick pins in or I'm gonna make a doll and hang it from the Hanford wigwag or whatever. It's not that. It's it's I'm going to have a, a, a relationship with this doll. So mm-hmm. I hope that's the answer to your question. It it was enough of an interesting topic to me, um, partly to try to bring newcomers to doll magic to an understanding mm-hmm. of the methodology and the and the inherent um, assumptions within the methodology. The doll is alive. You keep it alive if you make it. Mm-hmm. If someone else makes it, they run it. They keep it alive. Okay? Mm, that's really well put. I mean, uh, we used the word practical a few times in your description there. And I think of all the types of root work we've talked about, doll baby work really emphasizes the idea of practical magic. It, what you do to the doll happens to the person. So it's, it's it's very different from, say, ceremonial magic or other forms of ceremonial uh, or, or representational magic. It's symbolic, right? I want this sort of thing to happen to somebody, so I'm going to cast a circle and I'm going to turn this thing upside down and maybe I'll speak sideways or whatever it is, and that means this. It's highly symbolic, highly abstract, whereas doll baby work is very practical, Right. If you if you hate the doll, you know you you want them to shut up. You bound up their mouth. You want them to be unable to see. You blind the eyes. There's a very real practical component to this. And one of the great things about this book is that it starts by giving a, a really wonderful introduction into the folklore of dolls. It gives you a worldwide perspective, a global perspective, because you are at the core. You are a true world folklorist until uh, so you get an introduction into the ideas of different things. but it's also de- a deeply practical book it walks you through step by step on the crafting of doll babies how to make them the different type of materials the different types of uses doll babies have it has uh, specific conditions doll babies for one thing doll babies for another thing doll babies for love doll babies for revenge and then it has a phenomenal let's just address all the questions the teacher in you comes out you go let's address the common questions that you may have Let's address that. So it's a really fantastic book that covers both the theory, both the history, both the folklore, but is also a deeply, deeply practical book, walking people step by step through how to work with doll babies, how to construct their own, how to take care of them, and the variety of different approaches that they have. In regards to that, the sort of all the different ways that you can use doll babies, is there a particular spell, working technique in the book that you found was your favorite? 
that you're willing to share with all of us. Not too much because want people to actually go and buy the book, but something that you're like, oh, my God, I love this doll baby working where I thought this was really interesting uh, that you can share as a little bit of a taste or appetizer for our listeners. Well, you, you, you actually hit the word, but I do have a request for a question here in the chat from Signe DC. So I'm going to answer her question first, and then I'll get to that little taste, okay? Um, Signe DC asks, can you reject a gift doll, or um, is it best to accept it and destroy it? Well, Signe DC, what do you think? I mean, I know the answer, accept it and destroy it. If, you, if your divination shows it to be inhabited uh, in a way that you don't want it to be inhabited. I had um, an experience. I did not mention it in this book, but I have mentioned it on the radio show before about a man who I had an on and off again affairs over the course of my life when I was single and he was single, and even sometimes when he was married, who gave me beautiful folkloric gifts and all of a sudden, one day, I and he would say to me, oh, put this one in the living room. It looks so good there. Oh, look, here, I brought this from Guatemala just for you. Put that in your bedroom. Oh, here, uh, look, you'll love this. It's you know, And he would have the, these would be classic, <laughs> beautiful objects, of um, figural objects from different Central American and, and European. Here's one from Morocco, right? Uh, oh, it would look so great in your hall. And when I realized what was going on, I all of a sudden realized that, I could not walk in any one of the rooms of my house, including my bathroom, without one of his little figural things staring at me. He had positioned over the course of many years, he had positioned, he had even bought me a Guatemalan huipil with turkeys embroidered all over it, vintage, really old, beautiful embroidery with their little eyes staring. So when I looked in the mirror, there were their little eyes staring right back at me. And I I had to destroy them all. It was awful. It was terrible because they were so beautiful. So Signe DC, what was he doing with those dolls? He wasn't trying to make me love him. He wanted to be sure he knew what I was doing pretty much all the time. And he was obsessed with me. And it was really weird. And then when um, when I would be single, and I'm talking about this over the course of years and years, when I was single, he'd show up and like have a date with me, you know, whatever. It was creepy. When I took and broke everything and sent it back to him in a box, um, uh, I was done with it. It his connection with me was broken. So yeah, that's what I would do. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, long answer to a short question, Signe DC, but there's your great. answer. Um, <laughs> now to answer. Conjurements, what is the 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 tall baby I'd like to give you a taste of? It was it was so funny because I was sometimes Conjurman, you and I are like mind reading each other here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um that I had already picked out an answer. And it was the gingerbread doll. And so yes, a taste. <laughs> a taste. So a gingerbread doll is so easy to make. You know, just go look online and get a recipe for gingerbread cookies. Get that little design of the little gingerbread guy. You know what it looks like, right? Or gal, if you want to do it in a skirt. They make cookies, uh, cutters, and all of those shapes. And, um, oh, you know, get yourself a little uh, recipe for some icing and make some icing. But when you make that uh, gingerbread doll, you have some choices of what you're going to do. You could put some of your stuff in it, your sexual fluids, your menstrual blood, um, in um, 
in Asia, it's very common to take out your own hair and just chop it up so fine that they wouldn't even taste it as hair. It would just be chop, 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 chop. Pubic hair is good, mm. vaginal fluid, um, semen, whatever you got. That's if you want that person to have a taste of you, right? And you then give them, here's some gingerbread dolls, right? And you know which one's theirs because you're using icing to mark them, right? But on the other hand, uh, if you want to do something to someone, you get their stuff, whatever it may be, and make a gingerbread doll, and then you can have your way with that gingerbread doll. So having your way with that gingerbread doll could be deliberately burning it up in the oven, right? Oops, Mm. bad case of sunburn. Uh Uh-oh, you're going to get basal cell carcinoma. Too bad, right? Um, Or you... You know, and then crumble it up and throw it out to the rats or the birds or the whatever, you know, is another thing you can do. Um, You can say, you know, I always did want you to slip and fall, and you just crunch off and eat their foot and ankle, right? Um, So a gingerbread doll, you can consume it. You can take parts of it into yourself. I hesitate to mention what you can do to its little genitals, which can be embroidered with icing, of course. You can eat its little eyes off. If you have sharp teeth, pop, pop, off come its eyes. You can't see me anymore, little doll. Um, so you can do a, a gingerbread doll for love. You can do a gingerbread doll for hatred. Um, you can do a gingerbread doll for any purpose that a doll can be done, and it's so simple. A whole tray of gingerbread dolls and take them to work right around the holidays. Here's a gingerbread doll for everybody. And to make sure that each person gets the right gingerbread doll, you take the icing and you write their name right across their chest. Bob, right? Sarah, right? Here's your gingerbread doll. That is fantastic. I mean, I love, I love how uh, you you can do anything because there's an edible component to it. I mean, feeding it to the pigeons and the birds and the rats and whatnot—that and mm-hmm. that in itself. Yeah. Talk about like if you really want to destroy someone, and this goes back to old time Yehudu. If you really want to run someone's mind, what did you do? You went to the red ants, right? You went to fire mm-hmm. ants, and you you, mm-hmm. you buried a piece of their hair there. I was just thinking, if, like, in terms of, like, if you really want to mess someone up at work, that feeding the gingerbread to your coworkers, if you baptize that gingerbread as that one person you really hate and get all your coworkers to eat that person, you'll turn mm-hmm. the entire office against that person. They'll gossip about that person. They'll hate that person. Everyone will work against them. So this is a really powerful that's, way. Of, that's right. And I'll, people and I'll tell eat you something else about I'll tell you something else about gingerbread men and current taste in food. There's a current fad, it's been going for quite a while now, um, of chili pepper spices and sweet spicy. So you can say, hey, these these gingerbread dolls are a little hot, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. you can put chili pepper in it and just tell people, oh, you know, it's got chilies and chocolate in it, whatever you're going to do. Gingerbread dolls are very, very useful. Red hot candies you can add to the ginger. I mean, that's fantastic. Make a little eyeball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. <laughs> little candy heart with words on it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a million ways you can go with those gingerbread dolls. So oh, that's fantastic. That's, yeah. that's a that's a good sample. Now, I I do want to talk about the, if I may, about the last half of the book, right? 
Please. So fully half the book is doll spells. That's the what most people come for. I want the spells. I want the spells. So there are chapters on love dolls, money dolls, power and success dolls, pain and suffering dolls, cleansing and healing dolls, and protection dolls, and a chapter called Venerated Idols and Fetishes, which is sort of our, mm-hmm. our worldwide tour of the uh, dolls of the world, including, you know, saint statues and, um, you know, uh, archangel figurines and matryoshka dolls and so forth, you know, from different cultures, um, haunted dolls, sepic figurines and uh, and so forth and so on. And, you know, African Nkisi dolls. But um, one of the chapters is on the um, the dolls for um, protection. And in there, I don't know if you've seen your copy of the book yet, Conjurman, but on page 90 is How to Make the Conjurman's Spirit Guardian. <laughs> and this is an adaptation of what you taught at the 2014 Huda Heritage Festival. Has um, it been that long? Oh, wow, yeah, it has. It has been that long. And this is a slightly shortened adaptation of, of the uh, workshop you gave, which also appears in, uh, I believe it's the black folder. Yeah. But this is a really intense spell from Contraman on how to make a spirit guardian, and it's made with air-drying clay. And I remember making that. I still have that that spirit guardian I made, Conjurman. Oh wow! Oh wow! That I made it in the form of a raven's head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I found that word very interesting as well. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's, a, it's an old school. I mean, this is one of the things about the, this book that really stands out to me. And you do this quite a bit: is your ability to draw in from so many different teachings, but also uh, crediting all the people who, who have contributed, people in the forum, spells that were contributed in the forum, spells from old-timey workers that are no longer around, spells that you have been taught, spells that you have designed yourself, but spells also from colleagues, workings from colleagues and, and other professionals. This is, when I say this is a practical book, I'm not being... I'm not, I'm just being random here. There are so many workings as I was going through this, and I'm like, I thought I knew about dolls. My God, there's so many stuff that's adding onto my repertoire. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm Absolutely. definitely doing this for a client. <laughs> yeah, right. You're sitting there as a professional. Yeah. You go, this is great. I'm going to recommend it to others, and you're sitting there going, no, no, this is for me. <laughs> I'm using this one, and I'm using that one. Well, another thing I did in this book, and um, I've done it in a few other books too. Because you're crafting the doll, of course, people always will then get to the format. Well, what do I stuff the doll with? So I just stopped that constant question by making lists. So, for instance, for dolls for romance and love, there's like a one and two-thirds pages of herbs you can stuff a doll Mm -hmm. for love, right? Mm -hmm. And also, uh, you know, a little quarter page on incense resins you can smoke love dolls with. And then there's another page just on incense stuffing for love dolls. I like to use incense stuffing. A lot of people don't think about this. They think, well, what am I going to stuff the doll with? And they immediately go to polyester batting. And I'm like, no, please, you're wasting an important part of the doll by putting in 
petrochemical polyester batting. What a stupid thing. So old dolls can be stuffed with, I mentioned, cut up hair and, and um, herbs, of course. Mm-hmm. But you can also use incense that's, that's loose powder incense based on sawdust. And because sawdust stuffing for dolls is very old, very traditional. Yes, yeah. And uh, so you you can take, um, uh, just for instance, I'm in the section here on love dolls. So it says you can use look-me-over incense to draw attention while out and about, or you could use um, peaceful home incense for a blessed and satisfying family life. Now, many of you people listening to the show know what these different uh, incenses are used for, but here's a list for people new, and it'll give you something to think about. Even if you think you've seen it all, it'll give you some stuff to think about. There's also a list of minerals that can stuff the doll and a list of liquids that you can sprinkle on the doll. Or if the doll is of the type that is submergible, these would be liquids you can submerge the doll in. Okay. So once you pick an incense, and then you can grab a couple of herbs out of the herb list, um, grind them up fine, mix them into the incense, and stuff your doll. Now that stuffing can be used for a wax doll. It can be used for a, a wrapped doll, like a twig doll, wrapped with layers of cloth. It can be used as a stuffing for a corn husk doll, a rope or twine doll, or a cloth doll that's sewn. And if you're making a clay doll, it can be kneaded into the clay like it's kneaded into the wax of a wax doll. So once you have a list of herbs and incenses, you have the way to start to fix your doll, and then all you need to add is personal concerns. So each one of these chapters has a different list of herbs and incenses and minerals and so forth and so on to get you started. So, for instance, in the in the section called Dolls for Pain and Suffering, you know, it says you can use um, uh, knotweed or red pepper and vandal root. Now, a lot of you guys know these already, but again, this book is made for the general public, and this way they're going to find out. Also, there's a list of tools to stab or cut the cursing dolls which you wouldn't have found in the love doll section. You know, broken glass, a hatchet, a knife, nails, tacks, needles, pins, razor blades, scissors. And then, of course, the incense that you can smoke the doll with or use the incense as stuffing. The minerals you can use, and some of them you can uh, use to stuff the doll. Some of them you can use to make a liquid to um, soak the doll. And then other liquids, such as lemon or lime Mm -hmm. juice or vinegar or war water. So each one of these chapters is kind of a standalone look at a kind of doll and what it is made for and about. And with the stabbing and cutting chapter, it gets into details like it's different to stab its head than it is to stab its kidneys. Again, very practical. Most people understand that. But it explains this here. Um, And it also talks about um, going along with the person's medical history. And, And here's where my practicality comes in. If a person who's a foe has confessed, disclosed, asked for sympathy about, or mourned a family weakness, use mm-hmm. it if they're a foe. Use it. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If they Stand tell the history you, of something. Yeah. If they tell you that, you know, they're the sixth person in their generation of cousins to have diabetes 
Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There's their diabetes right. just waiting for them. I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm so mean. I'm talking about a cursing doll right now, and of course you'd be right. mean when you do a cursing doll. Just be sure your work is justified. Don't just go cursing people just for the thrill of it. We're not mm-hmm. serial cursors here. But if you have a reason, <laughs> it's so important to find out what their family medical history is because that's their weakness. Or have they been in an accident? Were they you know, in a car crash and busted their knee and their knee keeping, oh, my knee's hurt and it's where I had that broken knee when I was 17. Well, Mm. there you go. That's where you're going to damage their doll. So each chapter has something about how you work within that condition class, so to speak, whether it's love, whether it's romance, whether it's sex, whether it's power, and then what practical things. And then, of course, you know me, Contraband, and I think... James is getting to know me. There's a bazillion spells that come from Harry Hyatt's collection of root work from 1,600 African-American practitioners. Of course there is. It wouldn't be a book by me if it didn't have that. Right? <laughs> That's so true, so true. Can you real briefly uh, go over once more, because you mentioned it, but I don't know if everyone caught it, but the chapters are broken down into the different conditions. So what are the conditions that people can encounter? So when they open up the book, what are the different uh, conditions? You mentioned love, you mentioned revenge. What are some other ones just so that people understand when they're opening the book or what they can use their doll babies for? Right. So there are seven chapters here. Six of them are conditions. Uh, romance and love, which includes sexuality, fertility, and so forth. Uh, drawing mm-hmm. and holding money, which includes gambling and luck. Power and success, which includes job, career, and so forth, uh, and um, fame. Pain and suffering, which includes cursing and destruction and death. Cleansing and healing, which is an interesting chapter because a lot of those are done as proxy dolls, where you're working for mm-hmm. somebody and they're not present and you um, are cleansing and healing their doll by proxy. And then protection dolls. And protection dolls um, can be things like that guardian doll that you made. Uh, how to fix a doll for protection when so that it looks in plain sight, oh, you know, she has that cute little doll in that curio cabinet. But that doll is super ultra-powerful for the whole family. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then the last chapter is Venerated Idols and Fetishes. And as I said, that's our little world tour. Um, But in each of these chapters, there are uh, many, many spells. Now, because this methodology book has so many moving parts, I like to have 100 spells in a book. This book didn't make it to 100. It made it to 60 spells or 63 spells or something um, because there's so much on making the dolls and working with the dolls. Right. But the making with and working with then applies to any spell. So I don't have to go over it again in the spell. Now, remember, you have to baptize this doll. Now, I want you to – that's already been covered. So the idea is first you're going to learn how to make bread, right? You're going to use – learn how to make yeast. You're going to – the bread, the blah, 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 the baking. Then we're going to go to – rye bread and braided challah and you know and when is a bread actually a muffin and you know what i'm saying right, we're going to go to right. after that but we start with so much of the book half of the book is just getting us there to the spells and the other half is right the and and then of course if you include what to do with the dolls how to bread how to butter the bread and whatnot you're actually looking at over a hundred spells so well if you, yeah if you, 
if you're looking yeah. at just, you know, okay, this is a spell for this, this is a spell for that, but you also include include so much of what you can do to the doll. I mean, just the, I mean, people get a taste of that when we when you talked about the gingerbread. All the yeah. different things it, you can do to that gingerbread. I mean, if you think about that, you're looking at something at like over a hundred techniques here. So maybe not a yeah. hundred spells, but well over a hundred techniques. I mean, this is this is in many ways the the doll baby bible. It's got it's, everything from it's, yeah, poking I, and I, prodding and eating and burning everything. Well, you know, short as it is, it's a 96-page book with the bibliography yep. at the end, so that's one page of bibliography. Um, I intended it to be the compressed um, completeness. From it, you can yeah. expand in any direction. I mean, I could have written, sure, a 500-page book on dolls, but who wants to lug around a 500-page book? Read this. It's no, all here. And let it unfold in your own mind. Right, right. right. It's and, accessible, it's accessible and thorough for those 96 pages. Um, yeah. Reverend James, we want to make sure we can get you into this conversation as well. Uh, things that stood out to you about the book or questions you may have as well. Uh, just just pointing out maybe a few different spells that kind of stood out to me. I, I posted in the chat a little while ago, um, the snowman doll spell working. That was something that kind of you know, made me kind of giggle a little bit because, you know, we all think about snowmen and, and, and being happy and all of that and wonderful winter time. But then it's in it's in the book, and I believe it's, it's in the cursing section, uh, page 76, and it talks about using the, the yellow snow of someone to make the doll, and that, I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah, I would have brilliant. never thought of that. <laughs> um, I have to say, I would never have come up with that had I not moved to Missouri where it snowed. <laughs> and there was a band, a hippie um, uh, folk rock band, my friends were in it, and um, they had a song called um, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. And <laughs> being from California, I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I, just, I heard the song, I thought, that's funny, what does that mean? Right? And I was immediately informed, and I immediately thought, Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a yeah. That one came from practical life experience. That one that and, and the, the mailing the paper paper doll to Paris. I had never heard of the phrase um, going back to Paris. I didn't know about that, so I thought that was very interesting as well. Oh, that's um, the, the way that that phrase became part of the working. That is old, old, old. Mailing the doll to Paris or mailing a person's name to Paris or a letter to Paris. Mailing a paper doll to Paris is um, a way to get rid of them. Um, it is symbolic of death. And there's stories about this that um, among the um, Creole people of Louisiana, that it was a polite euphemism when someone died. They say he went back to Paris. And Oscar Wilde is known to have said that when good people die, they go to Paris or something. And it may have come from that, but he may have been, and more likely was, quoting someone else or quoting a folk saying. So the idea of mailing the doll to Paris is is more than just a, a nice way to get rid of somebody. But when uh, there have been embargoes of the mail, like when COVID first struck, um, I was having a conversation with about that and 
and I believe it was with Miss Michael. I may be wrong, but I think it was her, and we were laughing about it, and, and we said, oh, well, you could always mail it to Paris, Texas. <laughs> so, if oh, there they you go, with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that was a good one. That was a real good one. Um, there's a, um, a, a couple of these really old spells that I found, you know, just fascinating that came from um, the collection of people from, that um, Harry Hyatt interviewed. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, if I have a minute here, I'm just going to touch on one. It's on page 77, a booby-trapped death doll. And this came from someone in Wilmington, North Carolina, whose interview number was informant number 193. And... Um, This is what was said, quote, it was a natural doll. They seemed to think it was, and they had this doll baby fixed, and she went away to her mother's home, and when she came back, the doll baby was in her door when she opened the door. She wouldn't put her hand on the doll, but she took the doll and swept the doll into the fireplace, and after she swept the doll in the fire, three weeks after that, she got burned up. They had the doll fixed so that if she burned the doll up, then she caught a fire and she burned up. They said she ought to have thrown it away or get someone you see that understand that kind of work to take it up from there so she don't have nothing to do with it, just have taken it away. They does that now. Anything like that is taken away. Uh, End quote. The doll had been fixed with the woman's personal concerns and the command that whatever happens to this doll happens to her. Having a professional conjure doctor unmake the doll could have saved her. And then you flip back to the first part of the book where it says, how do you unmake a doll? Well, that is amazing. I love the way that it also tells you, like, there is a way to unmake a doll. (laughs) Yeah, there is a way to unmake a doll. You can do it. You can do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this is also a particularly good portion of a good part of the book is that it's also, it can also be used protective. So you can use it in a way where you are working doll babies on your own behalf or on behalf of a client or others, but it also addresses the fact what happens if you suspect you are, you know, if a doll baby has been given to you, for example, trick gift. What happens, what do you do if you have a doll baby that's being worked? Like, uh, what if you make a doll baby and you no longer want it? Those portions of it, what I call the, uh, the uh, unfun parts, of root work, right? No one, no one ever really truly addresses the fact, well, what do you do when you're done with the doll baby? What happens if a doll baby is made on you? Those kind of questions, everyone has them, but not a lot of people put focus. This book does. It talks about things, about what to do afterwards, the aftercare, if you will. What to do afterwards once the doll has been made. What to do once you're done with the doll, when you're like, all right, I'm done with this particular doll. I don't want to work with it anymore. Or what, how to address the fact that a doll baby has been made on you. So, yes, it's, it's 96 pages, but it's really, really comprehensive. And what it does is it empowers the reader so that once they read it, they understand the philosophy, the, techno- the technique, the methodology of doll babies, and then they can explore on their own. And that makes it an entirely priceless, priceless book. So thank you for joining us, Miss Cat. Thank you for writing this book. I know without a doubt that it is going to very quickly become a fan favorite. We are going to pause here, turn this over to Clifford, and move on to uh, the next segment of the show where we will take on clients. All right. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Wickway is up, calling from area code 914. Wickway is up. Are you there? Yes, I am. Perfect. Uh, you wrote that I have to talk to a lot of people and you need them to believe your side of the story. You are a truthful person, but sometimes that's not enough. You need a spell to be convincing. All right, turning it over to you, Conjure Man. Thanks, Clifford. I think we, the, we have a request to have Reverend James do our first reading on this situation, and then we'll have Miss Cat come in, and then I will give root work, but I'll leave plenty of time so that we can all jump in since there's a request for uh, work here. We can all jump in and share our different thoughts. So I'm going to turn this over to Reverend James to do a sort of first uh, divination or look by our reading. All right, thank you, Conjure Man. I'm gonna shuffle my deck quickly, real here, real quickly here. I can get my words together. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. So the first card I have here is the Europhant, the Hierophant, however um, you'd like to pronounce that, and it shows a a, a man sitting on a, a throne or, or, or a, a chair with his hand raised in blessing, and there's these two people below him. <clears throat> that maybe he is either judging between or perhaps he's even uh, bestowing a blessing upon the church to, for, their, for them to enter it. Um, and so you say you, need, you have to talk to a lot of people and you need them to believe your side of the story. Um, it seems like that perhaps in the recent past that maybe there was already some kind of um, discussion that had happened where perhaps you uh, were... Uh, given, uh, uh, as you say, you know, people people are not seeing your side of the story. So that you were judged to be unworthy and, 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 and uh, uh, non-believing. Um, and that's kind of brought us to the, the present card, which is the Five of Cups. And it shows a man here standing, looking at uh, three cups that have fallen over. And those are missed opportunities of maybe perhaps um, uh, opportunities where you could have spoken with people and tried to alleviate whatever this this um, issue that you're trying to navigate is. But the good thing is is that you have um, other opportunities. They're just you're you're just not looking at perhaps the situation quite right because um, at, at the 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 man in this card he's kind of has his head cocked to the side, so he's kind of looking at things a little skewed right now. So maybe if you kind of take a moment and breathe and you know center yourself and get a good idea of what the whole picture is. Um, it'll help you get more towards your goal. Um, in this picture, there, there's also a bridge in the background, which leads to a, a nice fortress or a castle with bunches of um, protective uh, mountain beside it and some, some trees. So it is possible to get to a place to where you are in a believable area. And the uh, future card that I have for you is the Ace of Pentacles, which shows that there will be you know, some type of uh, success and um, manifestation of what you are it, what you're trying to bring out will come to light. Um, and with these cards, I would just suggest that perhaps some some kind of um, bathing work, some spiritual bathing to to kind of uh, cleanse any 
negative thoughts and energies that might be attached to you and um, to maybe bring in some uh, crucible of courage type things, maybe something like that to, to uh, bolster your courage into going into these situations and being able to tell the truth. And perhaps maybe a mojo to carry around would be a good idea to help uh, not only bolster your courage, but to make your, your, your words a little more sweet. So maybe some, some deer's tongue or something like that to make people more apt to believe you. Okay, does that sound uh, something along the lines that maybe Conjurman can put together something that'll be a little bit more uh, succinct and uh, characterized of his three-step three, three step, uh, root work? Yes. Thanks, Reverend Jerry. Thank you for, for signposting the things that we can do in root work. Uh, let's turn this over to Miss Cat, who will do the next reading, and then I'll jump in and uh, give okay. you design something uh, for you. I'm- I'm going to use the um, same Tarot deck, uh, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, and I'm going to get at the problem here a little bit. There's something about this that I feel we haven't understood completely. So I'm going to, um, or I haven't, I shouldn't say we, that I haven't understood completely. So my question is, I have to talk to a lot of people, and I need them to believe my side of the story. Now, the words my side of the story sound like there's a struggle or stress or combativeness. It's not like you're making an advertising pitch. There's an, another side of the story. I have a, I'm a truthful person, but sometimes that's not enough. I need a spell to be convincing. So I'm going to ask you, is this a court case? Uh, I I work in the law field, so I have to argue a lot. Okay. So it does involve law. Okay. But it's not yes. you in particular. You're not the one who's been accused, but you are standing for something for someone. Is that what you mean? I mean, you're standing on well, position. Right. No. Well, sometimes I have clients and they're not satisfied. And then sometimes I have clients that are just crazy. You know, so, you know, when people don't get what they want because the law is the law, then it's my fault as far as they're concerned. So I'm always arguing. I see. All right. So my radar was right. I did pick up that there was something legal about this situation. Okay, good. Thank you for letting me know that without telling me all your business. Okay, so with that in mind, I'm going to um, do a three-card cut. Card number one is the Hierophant. The Hierophant is also known as, in some decks, the Pope, um, sometimes called the Wise Man. He's a, or sometimes called the Hierarch. Uh, this is a leader who blesses two people. One is wearing a chasuble with um Roses, and the other is wearing a chasuble with lilies. We might call them the the passionate and the innocent. We might call them just two people with two different belief systems. This person sees them as acolytes or people that he's going to help, and he blesses them both. At his feet, he has a pair of crossed keys. This says to me that one way you can work is to recognize that you do have authority. So when Reverend James said crucible of courage, this is important. You need to be the one who's in authority. You are not just an acolyte asking for a blessing. You are the one who conveys the blessings, okay, and who also sets the rule system by which this will work. So in 
blessing people, some of whom you said are argumentative, some of whom are dissatisfied, some of whom are just plain crazy, it's important to offer them a way forward. That's what the crossed keys represent. The keys are open roads, ways that are that will open to them. This is the same kind of problem, by the way, that doctors sometimes have. People come to them, they want a diagnosis, and all of a sudden the diagnosis veers them way off into some terminal illness, and they're freaked out, and they blame the doctor. It couldn't be this, right? So the doctor always has to have what's called bedside manner and has to be able to really talk to people honestly from a point of compassion as well as truth, not like, oh, sorry, You've got ALS and you have five years to live. That's not what a good doctor does. They say, well, we have this. We may take some more tests, but we have a feeling that we're going in a direction that may be difficult for you to handle and we're going to get you the best clinical help we can. The same is true in law. You might say to someone, I am here. I'm an authority, and I will tell you that this is my opinion, but I'll get you the best help I can. I will bless you the most I can. I will open your roads the best I can. So that's what this card is. Take authority in your situation. Okay, the next card is a an interesting card because, to me, it's a card of optimism and good cheer. It's the Queen of Wands. This is a woman who is uh, blessed by the sun and by the moon. She wears gold and silver. She can expand her territory by day. She consolidates and protects her territory by night. This is something important for you to realize that in this situation, people are coming to you as to a queen. You have an opinion that is worthwhile to speak of, but you need to protect yourself. She has a candle, she has a black cat, she has a silver cloak of invisibility. But you also need to be someone who is expansive, optimistic, and cheerful. And she has a sunflower and a golden dress, and she's really offering a a throne of lions, showing a, a commanding presence. So again, like with the Hierophant, who has these two people that he's blessing that represent two styles of life, she represents two styles of blessing and protection. So learn to diagnose and sort the people you talk to. Do they need your help to expand, or do you need your help to protect yourself from their irrationality? Very important card. It says you have a good magical quality to you. You are a magician in your in your skills and talents. And the third card is a a card that is a, well, I guess you could call it a, a card of making sure that you are open and helpful to everyone. It's the Nine of Cups. It's called the Wish card, the Nine of Hearts, if it was a playing card set. And it shows a a person who is sitting in front of a horseshoe-shaped banquet table with nine golden goblets, and he's inviting everybody. He set a banquet table, a welcome table. Everyone is welcome. You, what you wish for will come true. That's the meaning of the wish card. Your wish will come true, and as people in the old British school of um, using cartomancy with playing cards, they would say your wish will come true in nine days. If it was the wish Mark in a tea leaf reading, they'll say, I say your wish will come to, through in three days or nine days. So make a wish, and what you wish for will happen. Be sure that 
you are inviting to people of all cultures, all socioeconomic groups, all nationalities, all religions, all skin tones, whatever it is that people divide themselves by, you should be inclusive and invite them in. All right. So that is my suggestion for what you should do. As far as root work goes, I'll chime in when Conjurement takes over, but what I'm seeing here are keys, candles, and cups. Yeah, Thank you. We've, got a, we've got some fantastic uh, readings here, and I think they're really getting to, to something uh, important in that you're in a difficult that requires you to speak from a position of authority, um, and people don't always listen to authority, whether that's authority in the medical profession. I mean, we can see this with the weird, you know, uh, anti-vax crap that, that's sort of popped up nowadays. Um, you can see it in the field of law. You can see it in the field of anything that people can sometimes resent that authority. And so what's needed here is to restore the sense of authority, but also to restore your own sense of confidence. Because uh, people listen to, to individuals who appear confident. And that confidence is crucial. And it is a bit of an illusion. Confidence is what people pretend it to be. <laughs> so if you pretend to have confidence, people assume you have confidence. It's really kind of the trick to confidence is once you start to pretend you have it, people start to be like, oh, that person is confident. That's just kind of it. And so we're going to do root work to kind of address these. And I've seen um, some recommendations that both Ms. Kat and Reverend James have mentioned, and so I'm going to try to put some of these together to uh, give you a root work, uh, three-part root work that I usually do. And then hopefully Reverend James and Ms. Kat can jump in and add their own suggestion at the end. We're going to do three parts here. We're going to start first and foremost with uh, a bath. And what I want you to do is get that Crucible of Courage bath crystals, dissolve those bath crystals, uh, bathe in it, and do it for three days. This is a really good activity to make yourself uh, powerful, to make yourself strong, to remove anything that's holding you back. It's both a cleansing and an empowering bath. It works very, very well. Uh, Make sure you air dry during those three days and dispose of the bath water. The next step is to go and get yourself three roots that you choose yourself. So if you can even go to to Lucky Mojo to do this, it'd be ideal. Um, If you can't and you want to work with someone in Lucky Mojo to handpick for you, uh, you don't want it to just be random. What you want is John the Conqueror root, Master root, and Queen Elizabeth. And you want to pick three of these that really fit for you. You want small versions of this, a little bit. You don't want a giant John the Conqueror root, a giant Queen Elizabeth root, and a giant old gnarled master root because you're going to use this in a mojo bag. So you want it small enough to fit in a mojo bag. Uh, I think Miss Cat in her course actually has a test for this. I forgot what it was called. I think it's the, the bra test or the underwear test. If you can't fit it in the bra, you can't fit it in the underwear. She'll, she'll try to <laughs> let us know. But I remember this very explicitly. There's a test where she goes, please don't put a giant ass on the conquer root. It's not going to fit in your bra. It's not going to fit in your underwear. So there's, a whole, there's an actual test that's going to be taken, of course. But mm-hmm. it's, you, have to be sensible. you want to pick something that actually 
you can fit into that mojo bag without making it clunky. But you want something that draws you spiritually. This is your personal John the Conqueror route. This is your personal master route. This is your Queen Elizabeth route. You want to build a relationship with these three routes because it's going to be the core of your power, the core of your authority. It's going to get people to listen to you. You're going to get these three. Once you've gathered them, that's the second part. The third is you're going to construct a mojo bag. You've now found your plant allies, your root allies. You're going to bring them. And again, over three days, you're going to lay them out on your table. John, the conquer root, master root, the Queen Elizabeth. You're going to add a pinch of deer's tongue, as Reverend James mentioned, and a little bit of calamus to add that compelling power. Then what I want you to do, and this is, this is an important part of this, is I want you to work with the seals of Solomon. The first pentacle of Mercury is generally used to invoke the spirits of Mercury to influence others, specifically to get listen to your words as they are being spoken. Uh, for those of you that uh, attended the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, I think last year when I did the Skull Candle, maybe it was the year before, but the, the, in the Skull Candle workshop, uh, you'll know that we worked with the first pentacle of Mercury. I think it was two years ago. First pentacle of Mercury. You'll know that we worked with it with the skull candle in order to influence others. We're going to work with it once more here. You're going to get the first pentacle of Mercury, and on the back you are going to write your full name, your date of birth, and you are going to anoint it with John the Conqueror root oil and crown of success oil. Set this in the center with the roots around it. You're going to light a purple candle, with uh, uh, Crown of Success oil, you're going to burn some Crown of Success uh, incense, and for three days, you're going to pray over the roots, smoking each one of them in the incense, including that pentacle of Mercury. And then on that third day, take your mojo bag, place the pentacle of Mercury inside, fold it up with your name, place it in there, place the John the Conqueror root in there. Each, as you do it, smoke it into the incense, then place it into the mojo bag. Master root, smoke it in the incense, place it into the mojo bag. Queen Elizabeth, and keep doing this until you've got all your herbs in. Tie it up and knot it. Take uh, John the Conqueror root, put it in some Hoyt's cologne, and feed this mojo bag every Thursday. Carry it on you as your personal talisman of authority and for people to listen to you. Miss Kat and Reverend James, anything further to add? Yeah, I do have um, one other thing to add. I like to use psalms, and um, there are a, a lot of psalms that can be used for legal matters, mm-hmm. um, but uh, and, and they're all good. I mean, Psalms 35, Psalms 37. Those are particularly nice ones. But I'm going to recommend Psalms 72, a lesser often recommended one, which is for people to love and respect your wisdom. And this was said to have been written by King David as a blessing for his son, King Solomon, who was a judge, and to make him his word be respected. And so it's sometimes given as a a psalm to be said over children that they would succeed. But you can say it over yourself, and it is um, to be understood and um, be seen as righteous and that you will be um, blessed. So Psalms 72. 
Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. That's what I would say. That's fantastic. Great. Thank you for that, Ms. Kat, and thank you for entrusting us with your situation. We are going to take a quick break for network scheduled announcements, and then we're going to have Clifford come in and lead us on to the free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our very special guest, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California. Take it away, Miss Cat. All right. Well, our free spell today going to be a doll to attract followers to a performer. Now, there are many reasons that you might be called upon to do such a spell, either for yourself or for someone else. I first came up with this spell as a way to help a client who wanted to attract followers, and um, they were a stage performer and um, musician. But you can use it for yourself And in fact, our client today might be able to use this to persuade people to follow along with uh, the thoughts expressed. So this doll is usually made by a root worker for a client who wants to attract audiences, social media followers, book deals, or recording contracts. I made it for a recording contract when I first did it, and it was successful. But you can make one for yourself if you wish. So first you're going to craft a doll. And now, going back to the premise of this book, what you craft the doll out of is not as important as what it's going to be filled with. And this doll has quite a few herbs in it. So think about how you're going to make that doll. If it's a rope doll, are you going to give it a packet to carry? If it's a twig doll, are you going to wrap it up in some bindings? If it's a doll on yourself, are you going to use pieces of your own clothing or scraps from your clothing to make the doll and stuff it? Many ways to make the doll. Okay. Um, So this doll will be stuffed with a lodestone, that's for attraction, calamus to rule and control, deer's tongue for good speech, five-finger grass for all the good works your five fingers can do, grains of paradise to put yourself above others, master of the woods to master your skill or trade. And you blend it into attraction incense. And um, if you make the doll of a material that cannot be stuffed, instead you just take that same herb blend and um, incense blend and smoke the doll. Or, if that's not your style, you can take and make a tea of the same herbs and then um, bathe it in the tea and then smoke it in the attraction incense. You have several ways to work. As I explained in this book, the this is a lot of moving parts. What you're doing is coming up with the way that works with the doll that you make. 
And um, then when the doll is prepared and you link it to your client or to yourself, you're going to set four small candles dressed with attraction oil for the four directions, east, west, north, and south. Some people belong to religions where they like to put the four uh, directions as the four so-called cross-quarters at 45-degree angles. That's up to you. I like east, west, north, and south. So these uh, candles, you're going to light them to draw attention to the doll. And I light them before I put the next stage together. In other words, I don't quite prepare it. I light them and like, come look at this doll. And then around the candles, I start arranging photographs of the people who are going to be attracted. And these can either be specific people, like if my um, a doll is representing a person who's going to be giving a um, a speech and that their job, it would have like the different photos of the different people that are going to be present and watch. But if it's for a large audience, it would be uh, generic pictures of crowds. I could just, you know, take pictures of crowds at a concert hall. Or, and this is what I like the best, use tiny plastic baby dolls, a host of tiny plastic baby dolls to represent an easily influenced crowd. And you can buy these little baby dolls. And, by the way, if you take my workshop at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, you'll get your start on these little baby dolls. You're going to get a couple of them for a different spell. These little baby dolls are so useful to represent crowds. You can uh, you can uh, spritz them with a little bit of uh, attraction oil, too. Um, light the four candles, feed the doll every Wednesday. At Wednesday, because it's Mercury. Remember, uh, uh, Conjurman mentioned the first pentacle of Mercury. Mm-hmm. For seven weeks and then give the doll to the client. So this was made by me for a client, but you can also continue the work yourself. So that is a free spell using a doll to get um, somebody famous. That is fantastic. Um, And talk about the idea of using multiple dolls like that, I think is going to blow a lot of people's minds a little bit. Uh, because when people think doll babies, they think one doll baby, but you can actually use multiple doll babies to represent multiple different people and influencing all those different people for a variety of different purposes. In this instance, to make somebody famous uh, or to draw in popularity or draw in attraction. Is this a spell that you were taught or is this one that you designed yourself? I, I made this one up. This was me. I had a friend oh. who I had a friend who was a musician and um, was getting gigs but wanted to get a recording contract and told me that there would be people at a particular gig that were representatives of a record label and wanted to know, can you make me a mojo, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, I'll make you a mojo, but I want to start back earlier. We're not just going to have a mojo. Mm. So that's why the five-finger grass was in it because this person was a musician. And um, Mm. so I ended up making this doll and um, and it worked. At a, I, I gave them the doll was stuffed, so it was a doll slash mojo. If you see what I'm saying. Yes, yes, um, that's fantastic. A doll can be a mojo. A doll, a mojo is does not limited by shape, right? It doesn't have to be a bag with a drawstring. It doesn't right. have to be a circle whip right. stitched all around. It this was a a mojo slash doll or doll slash mojo. Yeah, and mm. so I had I had um, the pictures of a few of these people because they were pretty well known in the recording industry, and I um, 
I also had, there were some other musicians that were involved. You know, I just, I got put it together. Yeah, and they got the recording contract. It, wor- it worked beautifully. It, that's so, the key. It worked. They actually ended up getting the contract. That is so cool. I love this because you're working, you're working on multiple people, and then you're saying, I want to influence them towards one each other, or I want to influence them towards somebody. It's not mm-hmm. just working directly on the doll to harm or to make them in love, but you're like, this doll, I want you to look at this doll. I want, this doll, I want right. you to have a recording contract to this other doll. And I think that's fantastic. And, and uh, although I didn't, I, I'm sorry, but I didn't have room to Go state ahead. it in the book because I was real stressed for space. Um, the person's doll was on a stage on a higher level. Oh, than right, the dolls right. that we're so you, watching. You I mean, I, it was set it, up. it was set up, right. and so the four. Uh, okay, I'm going to go even a step further. So now you, I'm going to tell you all my secrets. So the four <laughs> uh, candles that were set up, I was thinking of the four right. of wands card. So that was sort of the, uh, the, yes. the thing in my mind. So these four candles, Six, the success and then card. all of these people watching, and it, yeah, it worked. It yeah. worked very well. May may it bless someone oh, else. That. That is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your trade secrets with us. Uh, and Beautiful working. And joining us for this really, really cool episode. We're going to turn this over to uh, Clifford, who's going to give us our outro, and then we'll come back with some final words and goodbye. All right. Thank you, Reverend James and Conjurman, and thank you, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, for being our very special guest this week. Next week is the Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival of 2022. We'll be running a rebroadcast of one of our favorite shows for those who will not be in attendance. In two weeks, we'll have Cousin Joshua of CousinJoshua.com in Atlanta, Georgia on Garden Magic. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Reverend James at PhilConjure.com and Conjureman at ConjuremanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from CliffLowe.com. The Lucky Mojo Hood Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in again once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank goodbye. You for that. Uh, yes, thank you for that very neat and tidy outro. Thank you, Kat, for joining us for this fantastic and special episode where we got a chance to talk about your amazing book. Uh, thank you, Reverend James, for stepping into some very big shoes as co-host uh, in place in this chat. It was lovely having you on. And thank you to everyone who joined us in the chat. Don't forget, Hoodoo Heritage Festival is this coming week. Bye-bye from all of us here. I uh, hope you have a fantastic and blessed week. Hopefully we'll see some of you or all of you uh, next Saturday and Sunday. And if not, we'll see you in a couple weeks. So anyone else want to say bye-bye? Um, I know this music so well. We're not on, we're not at the end yet. <laughs> I was going to say, everybody, get your tickets so we can see you there. I wanted everyone to say bye. The last verse, it goes up a note. Then you know you're on the last verse. And you can buy your tickets at HoodooHeritageFestival.com. Uh, the Doll Baby book is only $9. It's for sale at Amazon. See you there. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. See you there. Bye.